0: I mean, you couldn't see out the back, but I got all the stuff in. (laughs) You don't need to see out the back. I had to put the seats down, but whatever. That's for
1: suckers. Seeing out the back is for suckers.
0: Especially in this part of the country, man. If they're behind you, they don't matter.
1: (laughs) You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Bozma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 364 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined by Seth Miller tonight. How you doing, Seth?
0: I'm doing well. You know, it's winter. It's not actually winterish because it was, then it wasn't because it got warm again. But I got to say, this season, the one nice thing, I've been able to pull out all my airline pajamas again. <laughs> I wear the pants.
1: Do, do you now. wear them on planes?
0: Uh, occasionally. It's got to be a long enough flight that it's worth bothering to change. Hmm because I, I, I will be in street clothes with shoes on sort of through critical phases of flight. Yeah. Right. Um, so I won't change into my pajamas before departure, which I've seen people do yeah. in business class. That's just, I no one want to be going down a, an emergency slide wearing these things. Um, yeah. But after that, if the, like it's a long enough flight that I plan to sleep for a while or just chillax, I will. I mean, even on like the, the jet blue mint coming home from London, I did for like the five, five and a half, six hours that we had Westbound before mm. I had to change back again. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, I mean, it depends on a lot of things, but if nothing else, it's usually somewhat lighter weight than the clothes I brought on board and planes I find in generally are hotter than I want them to be. So,
1: yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm thinking of like Lufthansa, uh, yeah. I, I, I hardly ever wear Lufthansa pajamas on the plane anymore. Like if I'm on a Lufthansa flight, cause it's so hot on the yeah. flight.
0: I'm trying to remember how I flew last time when I went to oh, the Turkish flight I took, uh, it was long enough. I would have been happy to wear them when I went to Dubai. Mm-hmm. I switched into shorts and a t-shirt and was still sweating. Like I brought my own gym shorts. I knew they didn't have pajamas on board. Uh, yeah, I swear they turned the heat up after dinner, man. It was like <laughs> disgusting.
1: But, it's there to put you to sleep. That's what they're
0: trying. Yeah, to it, until it's <laughs> so hot that like you're sweating, uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: um, did you ever? You said you travel with shorts uh, and you put them on. Did you ever like have like a a pair of shorts that that like they were your go to sleeping shorts? Because I've now got a pair that I just like always pack with me.
0: I mean, I have like regular gym shorts, like I call them gym shorts, but like, uh, if, I don't know, basketball shorts or whatever with pockets yeah. in them relatively long and lightweight.
1: That's what I was going to, that's, that's what I carry. I mean, yeah, that's what
0: I carry. But pockets is, I have, I have ones that I actually wear to the gym that don't have pockets in them. And then I have what I call gym shorts, but I have pockets in them that I don't wear to the gym <laughs> that I wear around the house I, in I the it. summer when it's not <laughs> pajama season. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Oh man. And, and you're scanning in some, uh, interesting flight yeah.
0: information. We'll get to that. We'll get yeah, to that I, yeah. at some point. I'm not sure That's we're a- ready to fully disclose that yet, but there's okay. an interesting side project going on with uh, Chris Sloan from Archive, uh, who we've had on the show a couple of times uh, with some old timetables and, you know, stay tuned for future information.
1: Yeah. Check out, check out Seth's tweets and
0: you'll okay. see, you'll get a they get blended in with all the other stuff, but yes, yeah,
1: keep paying attention.
0: <laughs> so check out Seth's tweets where he mentions Archive and it'll be a little more obvious. If you can you get us Twitter Sweet. search out.
1: But, um, so so le- go ahead. Can
0: I, I was going to ask you a question. Okay. How pissed would you be if you depended on having 787s for your international fleet expansion, and now more than a dozen of them were at least a year
1: late? I mean, I would just start a route to Doha.
0: Might make sense, right?
1: (laughs) I mean, I, I could see where the frustration would be, for sure. I mean, we're talking about American here.
0: Yeah. So this is the news out last week. American Airlines announced their international schedule for summer 22 and had to scale back a bunch of stuff, cut a bunch of routes. Um, from prior years, and are basically blaming the lack of 787 deliveries uh, on all these changes. But along with all the cuts, they're also adding Doha JFK, and like relatively similar times to one of the two Qatar flights. Yeah. So I that's an interesting thing. The only thing I'm wondering, and I'm not entirely sure, but it could be, is if the routes to Qatar are covered by the joint venture. Mm-hmm. And so by flying nonstop from JFK or single connection there, all of the sort of joint venture group with British Airways and an IAG, all that crew uh, gets rolled in. And that might help cover some of the costs to do it and help them justify it. Yeah. Um, or it's for World Cup, but they're saying it's going to be a year round route and stick around. But also like there, there's just not that much. Not I feel like there's not that much O&D traffic going, people going to Doha to justify running that flight
1: random question is one of the qatar airways flights on an a350 uh
0: from time to time it has been that's a fair point right they're having those problems with the a350s we'll get to that in a sec yeah um that is a fair point but it's thus far qatar airways hasn't uh removed its flight from the schedule Mm. and there's no one to the announcement didn't talk about this replacing that so I don't know that that's going to happen or not.
1: Uh, it's weird to me, right? Like part of what AA is saying, they can't run anymore, is they can't run Edinburgh, I think. Yeah. And there was there was another. European. Hong Kong is
0: getting cut. Mainland China is getting reduced. Um, Right. Long, long flights. And this is a pretty long flight. <laughs> yeah. So.
1: And what was the other one in Europe? There's Edinburgh and somewhere else, right?
0: There was a couple, I thought. Um Relatively smaller cities.
1: Yeah. It, it, but they're, I mean, those were 757s originally. Right,
0: which are gone. Uh, and, and the 767s are gone. So,
1: And they don't have the 787s to do that. So yeah. Do, do those I mean, they could take one off of Miami, L.A. if they really wanted to. So yeah.
0: apparently they, one of the things that they announced is that no wide body aircraft are going to be wholly dedicated to domestic service. So last summer and previously they have sometimes had domestic wide bodies essentially yep. flying routes like that. Uh, this time, uh, this coming summer they are going to not they'll have some that are doing sort of connected odds to get to gateways to you know for fleet utilization purposes to get things to you know sort of keep things moving. But for the most part, uh, they are going to reduce some of the domestic presence. So
1: I'm just trying to figure out like out of L.A. Right, <laughs> they fly London. And maybe some South America. I don't think so.
0: Uh, I mean, they had the Asia stuff for a while.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out kind of where they were putting things and how they're going to move them around. It's it's weird to me this whole. I mean, I think I said it on Twitter. AA is a goofy airline. Yeah, they just don't. It doesn't make sense. Three flights a day, JFK to Doha. I mean, even for World Cup. But yeah. But I'm saying like three flights a day on a on a partner carrier. This it's not London, right? Like people aren't going to Doha in droves for business, especially in the summer.
0: So it's always hot that dude. Don't kid yourself.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I don't
0: know. It's, it's weird. Yeah. I, I, that route in particular, it's strange to me, right? Like cutting Hong Kong is not. Yeah. Cutting or reducing mainland China is not. I mean, hell they aren't flying any of it right now. So right. Hedging your bets that maybe some of that will actually be operating in the spring is, um, an interesting position, but yeah, i like those don't surprise me. Um, I don't know it's uh cutting edinburgh like some of the leisure for destination you have to cut those right you got to keep focus on business and focus on higher premium cabin demand but i don't know it, there is the overall move does seem a little strange to me
1: but we, but i mean to your to what you just said you said you got to focus on the business and the premium cabin stuff in the past during covid you've you've been pretty up front that airlines are focusing on leisure markets, wouldn't it make more sense for Americans to do that as well?
0: uh business class cabins still on leisure markets,
1: true, but, but you don't so, think, you don't think nbos driving enough traffic
0: correct, I would say Rome and actually I, think, I feel like they cancelled maybe one of the Rome flights mm-hmm. um but like for the summer, look where where are Americans traveling for big leisure destinations yeah. that you're gonna have people flying um I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying now. I, I just, you know, they they seem like they are... Maybe this has to do with uh, Dougie retiring. You know, he just going out with a bang with the route planners. I don't know. So... <laughs> uh, A350s. The drama continues?
0: The drama continues. This is continues to be an interesting uh, situation. Sorry, I just... Going back to that, it took me too long to get my code fixed. Uh, Sydney, Auckland, Haneda, Heathrow uh, are the long haul destinations out of of LA right now. And Sydney and Auckland are getting reduced or cut for the summer. So, yeah. And who knows what's going to be, if Tokyo will be open or not, but yeah. Anyway, uh, a three (laughs) hundred and fifty. So when last we met, uh, (laughs) we, right. This is going back to the paint issue and the questions about the underlying lightning prevent or protection system on the aircraft. Um, the, airworthiness directive that came out last week or the week before was related to that lightning protection system but not because it was being affected by peeling paint just in general for other reasons um now because i guess probably prompted by that newspaper story or not, whoever wrote the story um basically saying it's been a problem for years and many other airlines are affected mm-hmm. airbus has issued a press release stating that that it is Retaining outside counsel to determine how to uh, properly defend the integrity of the A350 program and make sure it's not being inappropriately maligned.
1: So they're going for an anti-defamation type suit here?
0: Well, it's not clear that there's going to be a lawsuit yet, but, you know, they've got the lawyers ramping up. Um, yeah, it's an exciting one. Uh,
1: I mean, if something's physically wrong with the plane and the paint. You would think they would want to get it fixed rather than trying to save their name, but yeah. I guess they've seen what what happens to Boeing. So
0: It has become necessary for Airbus to seek an independent legal assessment as a way forward to resolve this dispute, which the two parties have been unable to settle during direct and open discussions. They don't specifically name Qatar Airways at any point, but um, in parallel, Airbus is working to reestablish a constructive dialogue with its customer on this matter, but is not willing to accept inaccurate statements of this kind to continue. Okay. Yeah, Uh, and Airbus is very clear that the EASA Airworthiness Directive is a different issue.
1: Uh, I look forward to their cease and desist letter. uh, To
0: yeah, what's super amusing to me is a UK minister has offered, like, has publicly said, "Oh, you guys need someone to mediate? I'll step in." As (laughs) like that's what anybody was really looking for. Like, I mean, I guess I, I could issue a press release offering to mediate also, right? Yeah, you should. The DLD team. We'll bring a three-person mediation crew.
1: Yeah. And we're impartial. And
0: uh, I don't think anyone would ever say that about us, but <laughs> I mean, I, I think we just I hate everybody. Pretend. So I guess that's a version of impartial. <laughs> <laughs> Horribly biased against everybody.
1: Yeah, exactly. We, we, we hate everyone equally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's another AD. Uh airworthiness directive out for another piece of important equipment uh what is what is this about because this this struck me as bizarre
0: so you know when you're on the plane and they used to make the announcement to turn off all your cellular devices because they might interfere with the aircraft's navigation navigational system yeah it turns out that might now be true again (laughs) (laughs) i just put that together um i hadn't thought about that before but so um you know back in the old days your nintendo or uh vhf radio or something like that might that interfere um this time it's 5g cell towers and the concern is that the they're calling the mid-band three and a half gigahertz uh spectrum is very is relatively close to the frequency band used by radio altimeters Mm -hmm. which are two or three radios that are transceivers that sit on the bottom of the airplane and tell the airplane how tell the pilots how far off the ground it is yep and more than just telling the pilots that, they also tell like all the autopilot systems how far off the ground it is. So kind of important when you're using like low visibility auto land and things mm-hmm. like that. And it turns out there is some concern that if the signal strength of the three of the five G signal is too strong and whatever in those frequency ranges, it might bleed into the area where these radio altimeters are and interfere with that signal, and in one way or another, cause bad data to be processed.
1: Do Do you know how they found this? Is some has someone reported issues with their radio altimeters?
0: There was one issue reported. I want to say in the Netherlands, um, a couple years ago. But mostly, and so the other thing to consider is like there's a decent sized uh, guard band space between where the five G radio is supposed to stop and where the altimeter is supposed to start. Yeah. But there's people still saying "Eh, it's close enough. We're still just not really sure what the problem's going to be. And there's it's this is also one of these things where like there's a lot of debate over how serious an issue it really is. Yeah. Which, because it's radio spectrum and a lot of things like no one, no one really knows. We haven't really tested it because you can't test it until you actually do it. And you can simulate it in some ways, but at this point, no one's truly simulate. I mean, no one's truly tested it. There's been some simulations and there's some people are saying, you know, it's been rolled out. I think Europe has had some towers come out and like, it's vaguely been okay, but I don't, I don't really know how it's, going to play out honestly they was uh, like the that's the other thing is like the the phone companies paid tens of billions of dollars for the spectrum the fcc paid satellite operators many billions of dollars to basically cover the cost of launching building and launching new satellites and migrating all of their users over to them <laughs> to free up the spectrum because it was so useful for cell service mm-hmm. and now it's like oops never mind like we're, we, you can't use it near airports know, oh, by the way this is like the type of spectrum that's really useful for it's one of the segments that's really useful for like high density areas you know like airports
1: like in, like an airport yeah, yeah. or a stadium or which are cl- usually close to airport
0: Yeah i mean you <laughs> you, you might want millimeter wave uh, inside a stadium or something like that because of the density and just how, cl- because you don't need the range and it's all outdoors with no yeah structures blocking it. But anyway, yes, it's, it's a little silly and kind of absurd how much money is tied up in this. And the telcos are like, okay, well, well, we'll wait a month and let y'all figure it out. And a month later, they're like, yeah, no, we still don't have a plan. So all comes back to this airworthiness directive, which is at this point, uh, if there's a airport with towers, act, 5G towers active in this range, in the frequency band, the, a NOTAM will be issued and the NOTAM will say adhere to 5g mitigation procedures or something like that. Um, and what that means is effectively, I'm going to, I'm going to overstate it, but like effectively you can't use any automated landing systems. <laughs> and you know a little bit more about this than I do. And you were reading it before, but like, it's, it's a big what, deal. What were the, what's, what, what are the ones listed in that? Do you still have that uh, picture up?
1: Yeah, this is, it's cat, uh, Cat one, Cat two, Cat three, uh, both Cat twos actually, and any uh, RMP procedures uh, that require authorization.
0: Which and the RMPs are the ones that like let you have the smooth glide slope instead of stepping down, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, all those things that we've done to help dramatically improve, not, not dramatically, but notably improve fuel efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Those only work if you know all the navigation systems are available, and if someone turns on a five G tower near one of these airports, that it goes out the window.
1: And uh, you can't use enhanced flight vision systems, which is like new in some of the private jets for, yeah. you know, really bad visibility.
0: So there's a decent chance that you're going to start to see, assuming these towers get turned on and are near airports, there's a decent chance that in poor weather conditions, you'll have more diversions is how I t- is my takeaway from this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. It would be cool to see where some of these towers are.
0: Yeah. Um, what was, it? There, was a, there was a graphic a little while back because Canada had a similar... Approach and they were basically they put like a graphic out of like how many miles away and sort of around runways you couldn't have the towers. Mm-hmm. And someone overlaid that on Manhattan out of LaGuardia and it like almost stretched to Newark.
1: So, so Foz will get his way, LaGuardia will close. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> nice
1: try uh i tried Foss, i'm sorry um i mean this is i mean it's kind of crazy you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of like back when we first got like wi-fi in our houses and people were like man my my service is really spotty or whatever and they'd be like well is your microwave running (laughs) and things like that
0: yeah that's that's a real yeah it's a real thing yeah um my my old office we had only wi-fi in one of the lab rooms and at lunchtime you couldn't work in there because it microwave was between the lunchroom was between the hot spot and the lab. <laughs> I mean, and like you'd have like three do. minutes at a time. You'd have no service,
1: <laughs> but that's what this is really. I mean,
0: yeah, it's a very similar situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except that one is actually the same frequencies and this one is slightly different.
1: Yeah, it is. It is wild to me to think that there's bleed there, even with the gaps. Like I was looking at the gaps and it, you would think, but again, frequencies are weird and radio is a crazy thing. So yeah. anyway, yeah, it's magic. It's like magnets. Um, and airplanes. And, jet. <laughs> and airplanes, yeah. Um, Southwest is adding a new fare type family. What is this?
0: So right now you've got Want to Get Away, something else, and Business Select. Yeah. I forget every day. what I forget the middle one is. But um, they're going to add a fourth fare family. Uh, according, They announced this at their investor briefing last week and then said absolutely nothing about it other than stay tuned for news in Q2. I'm gonna um, call
1: it wanna not pay as much? I mean like what's so at this
0: point. They they basically say they're looking for opportunities to deliver good services or whatever while enhancing the uh you know, the existing benefits of the three fair families. Um, I'm paraphrasing that because it's taking too long for me to load this picture. Um, a fourth product that enhances the overall product offering for customers while increasing benefits tied to existing want to get away anytime in business select products. So there's nothing that I can read into that. That doesn't say basic.
1: Yeah. And like, um, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to dilute a fair or we're going to have a diluted fair.
0: Yeah. Uh, or uh, less bundled. Yeah. And so the question then is what can they remove?
1: um you can make it to where there's no way you can get boarding i was gonna
0: see boarding zone sure
1: yeah yeah uh pay for bags
0: well that's a that's a landmine in the world of southwest i agree with you that's maybe it's only one bag instead of two like bags fly free has been the thing forever and ever amen and they have always said we're not reconsidering that we're not changing that but what else can you change like no points
1: yeah i was gonna say no points i mean i i think the one bag flies free i mean you, that could still like you can still,
0: still cover bags fly free you can still say we don't charge for bags yeah that's the, that i think that you know literally spitting in the wind here but like at, at first blush i think that's the first thing that i can come up with like late boarding fewer points but also potentially only one bag free
1: yeah or maybe harder to redeem points uh, i don't i know because that's not tied to fair so well it sort of is yeah Maybe. Like you could, you couldn't buy those fares with points. Maybe, yeah. I don't see them doing that because they're going to take it either way. It's like cash, really, for them, right? right. So, um, yeah, I can't but, think of anything else. Like,
0: especially in this context, right? It's like it's not. Like, you can't say no advanced seat assignments because like, thanks Southwest, you know, today, right? Like, yeah. um, I don't know. It's and it's you know enhances the overall product offering for customers while increasing benefits tied to the existing products. So it's got to come in below them.
1: What if it doesn't allow a carry on?
0: But you get to keep your check bags. That's interesting, actually, because especially because you get the check bags free.
1: Yeah, that's what that's what I'm wondering. Is like, are they better? Are they happier with you checking the bag than they are you carrying it on and taking up overhead space?
0: Especially as they get to more and more people on board. Yeah, I mean, right? Like in theory, the new bins on the newer planes are supposed to do better at that, but still.
1: Yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm That's that's an
0: interesting one. Yeah, I hadn't considered no carry on.
1: Because because then it's not like bags fly free. I mean, you, you can still check your bag for free. That's not yeah. a problem. You know, and do it before flight. And if they wanted to, they could charge for the second one. Who knows? You
0: know? No, I like the way you're thinking. That's an interesting concept.
1: Um, I can't think of anything else though that would be, be um,
0: I mean, like we, you run through the typical what's covered in a basic economy fare pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty. And because no seat assignments, that throws that. Out. I mean, that's yeah, you know, completely off the yeah. table.
0: And you say like you don't get your free pretzels on board. <laughs>
1: Sir, that's going to be fifty cents.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, they're <I> not. <laughs> we just have to know which seat you're in. No way. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: We don't have any idea. Um, they don't do anything with inflight entertainment, do they?
0: They have a free uh, TV and streaming videos, but on your own device, and they have Wi-Fi on board that is a paid product, unless you're a top elite. Okay. So it would be. I guess they could charge for the IFE for no. those people, but I would. The logistics of implementing that probably seem to me seem not worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause they probably wouldn't use it. I don't think you're going to get much out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a head scratcher.
0: So coming soon. Q2 next yeah. year.
1: You know, another thing it could be, it could be like spirit or spirit esque or Ryanair or EasyJet esque, where If you don't print your boarding pass beforehand, mm. you know,
0: that kind of thing. Yeah. I, with so many mobile boarding pass options for domestic us travel. Yeah. I'm a, I, I, yes, they had absolutely charged a printer boarding pass at the gate at the airport. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like so many people have gone to mobile boarding passes and whatever. But yes, that is something else that could be.
1: Yeah, can we can we talk about that for one second? I know we sure. got other topics to talk about, but mobile boarding pass. I, I, I like I like them but I hate them at the same time. I really miss paper boarding passes like
0: being normal. I fan. like them, but I hate them at the same time. Sounds like the cNC secret biography title.
1: It is, you know, uh, that's <laughs> people
0: be... boarding passes, whatever, anything really.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I like the convenience of a mobile boarding pass.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I dislike the uh, automation part of it. Like this, I got to have my phone out. I got to do all, I, having just my boarding pass, like in my pocket or something and being able to just pull it out and not have to worry about my phone or anything. Is it, I miss it? I, I think I mix miss the textile
0: part of it. The tactile, tactile, yeah, yeah, tactile. That thank you. I mean, unless you're printing them on like linen or something, which would be pretty cool. And yeah, it textiles. would be, yeah. uh, be really <laughs> floppy, but <you> know, <laughs> it would work. No, I swear the barcode's right. Uh, a second, <laughs> let me just iron it real quick. Uh-huh.
1: No wrinkles in your boarding passes, sir.
0: Um, no, I I absolutely agree. Uh, and for it also, I find depending on the travel experience and what I'm dealing with, like. Mm-hmm international where there's more people that you have to show it to, or just lately, especially showing it to more people at borders and health checks and things like that. Yeah. I very much prefer to give them a piece of paper that I'm going to throw away later than my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, the variability in terms of how different airlines have sort of implemented mobile boarding passes and to an extent in like, does it save in Apple wallet or Google wallet and yada, yada, yada. Um, most are pretty good and pretty consistent, but like even American, I find sometimes I can make it save and sometimes I can't and displaying it in the app. Sometimes you click the drop-down list and it shows the wrong boarding pass and the thing buzzes at you and whatever. Um, so there's some interesting challenges yeah. there. But yeah, I I find that I use both depending on a situation.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I think what's driven me to like mobile boarding passes more is this introduction of heat paper. I hate the heat. The thermal. We've talked, yeah, the thermal we've printers. talked about it. Yeah, we've talked about it before. I hate it. Um it's I I don't want to keep the boarding pass. It doesn't have the same feel anymore. So in that case, if you're gonna give me that, I'd rather use a mobile boarding pass. <laughs> but you know, right. anyway. Um and then uh let's talk about breeze.
0: Um yeah. So I slip long rumored as a breeze destination. It was where they based their FAA testing out of. It was supposed to be at one point it was rumored as a two hundred and twenty base, um, which has not yet been announced. Um, so still in running for that, but they're going to add two flights to start, uh, Charleston and Richmond, I think. Interesting. Not Florida.
1: That's what, it, that's what I was figuring would be. It would be Florida.
0: So they're going to, I'm pretty sure it's Richmond, Roanoke, Richmond, something like that. Um, I'll get it right at some point. Roanoke's tiny, so I would guess it's Richmond. No, it's, it's whichever one where they have their, they sort of have a hub um, in one of those. Uh, so the interesting thing about the Florida trips um, is that they, they're longer, they're longer, the flights are too long. Uh, Charleston and Norfolk, sorry, there we okay. go, Norfolk, not Richmond. Um, so both Norfolk and Charleston are bases for the Breeze operation. And so these are going to be planes that are based there, flying up and back, not a plane based in Iceland.
1: Gotcha. Um, So it'll spend the night in Norfolk
0: or in Charleston. But the super interesting thing about the Breeze operation with their E-190 and 195s is that basically every route is under 1,000 miles. And they try to keep them even shorter than that. For route planning and sort of fleet optimization reasons, a two-hour flight time or two-hour block time is considered ideal. For these planes, anything after that, you start getting into, it's like to carry more fuel, to fly more fuel kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It gets just like the the costs of operating those flights for a variety of reasons get out of hand. And it's like, it it blows up in a hurry, if you will, economically. And so when I talked to Nealman and the uh, COO about this a while ago, Um, they basically said when they were putting the original route network together, trying to keep everything under two hours. And those isolated flights are all like 20 minutes too long. (laughs) And it's hard for me to believe that that's enough of a turnoff, given how much like just in just unending demand there is for flights between the New York City area and Florida. Yeah, but um, no one flies that far out of Iceland. Yeah. yeah. Even even Southwest. I think I don't even think Southwest does
1: because I, I would have thought like Iceland, you know, that's a big Southwest hub. Yeah, I would have thought that this would have well, maybe not, no
0: Iceland. It's does. not a hub.
1: It's not a hub, but it's it's a big operator. I mean, Southwest is like the main carrier out of there, right? Or what? Uh, I
0: think they be probably the largest, um, but I most of the flights. So okay, they have Fort Lauderdale, and Palm Beach, and Tampa, and Orlando. Fine.
1: I Nashville, knew I was right. I think BWI. you should admit it on the show.
0: Yeah, you were. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. To be fair, Fort Lauderdale uh, is it running now? It's not every day, so this is a weird schedule.
1: Well, I mean, it's Southwest. What do you expect?
0: Yeah. Um. uh but but it's no, it's like a super weird schedule. Um.
1: To me, it seems like if you had E-190s, right, and you were 15 minutes is how far these were out of the block time, but you could make a dent in Southwest's market yeah. share. Like, I don't know. It almost seems like it's worth it, but they're not going to be based in Iceland. That's the problem. The planes aren't going to be based there.
0: Yeah, I think that's part of it. Now, yeah, the, the uh, Southwest has a, a super weird schedule, but it's one or two a day, maybe. To... Yeah, I can't parse this in my brain while we're talking. Sorry. That's um fine. Anyway, so yeah, there's there's a little there, but it's not a huge operation. I think the real problem is that at a JFK or LaGuardia, the the volume is so high and the fares are so cheap that, like, trying to, you, it, it's really hard to put a dent in that market. Yeah. Yeah. So. But we'll see. Maybe when the 220s come on board, they'll add that in. Um, the other thing that's super, so that's an interesting one, but the Palm Beach is almost as interesting. Right now, Breeze basically doesn't fly on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. It's right? sort of the Allegiant approach, right? Very, very, uh, up and down scheduling uh, in terms of demand in days. Uh, All of the Palm Beach routes are going to fly on Saturday only. (laughs) New Orleans, Columbus, Akron, Richmond, Norfolk, and Charleston. I knew Richmond was somewhere in there. Um, So those are the six destinations. But yeah, those will all fly on Saturday only.
1: That's wild to me. Yeah. Do they turn? I mean, I'm guessing the same day turns.
0: Yeah. I would assume based on how it's scheduled. I guess maybe they base a plane in New Orleans also. Mm. I can't I don't know if that's looking at the route map. It seems like they probably do. Yeah. Um, So they would do New Orleans, Charleston and Norfolk would all come to West Palm on Saturday morning, then fly out to Columbus, Akron and Richmond, then fly back, then fly back. (laughs) So each plane can do, you know, a West Palm, then another destination, then back to West Palm and then home that day.
1: I would kind of love to sit in their like network planning meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Seems interesting.
0: I'd love to do that at any airline.
1: Well true. But Breeze just seems like they're like I don't know. Maybe they're they're playing the the long game. They're like the Mike Leach of, of Airlines. You don't know who Mike Leach is, do you? I don't. He's a college football coach. That's okay. he does crazy stuff with throwing the ball when you would think you shouldn't. Anyway. Um you've got something else though, a product of yours. I do. Uh, that we should share. And it's uh, it's interesting to me because it is one of those things where I look I actually do look for this when I'm having to go coast to coast um and it's where the wide bodies are it's like where the wild things are but the wide bodies
0: yeah that graphic is really one of my favorite things i've done in the last like 18 months uh <laughs> <laughs> which says a lot in a lot of ways um prouder of that than i am of the data behind it this is basically a list of uh all domestic wide body flights globally and it's a searchable schedule so you put in an orig- originating airport or an airline um I'm not sure what happens if you only put in a date. I think that might work, but. uh,
1: (laughs) You've tested your code very, very thoroughly. Well,
0: for a while there, Sundays didn't return any results because PHP calls Sundays a zero. Yes. And scheduling calls Sundays a seven. Yes. And that didn't line up. Set, set, set. someone discovered it i knew exactly how to fix it as soon as i saw it <laughs> <laughs> yes i beta tested in production okay fine. <laughs> i develop in production also uh no actually this one i didn't this one i developed separately um and i have a, i have a local uh dev environment i can run it in because it's so basic but anyways yeah where the widebodies are.com it's uh there's some interesting stuff in there honestly like you look around i'm i haven't updated it's a cached version of schedules because it is where i can get the data and i haven't updated since american has sort of started tweaking its summer 22 uh stuff that we talked about earlier so i imagine a lot of the american routes are going to disappear
1: really (laughs) and so you're you're basically pulling this data that's cached how often are you updating it
0: yeah when i remember to i try to do it once a week airplane airline schedules don't change that often true so
1: i i'm I'm getting errors now when i do it what yeah i'm trying it out right now from pdx i'm just putting in pdx gives you an error, okay, it goes to error.html.
0: What is Flight this? sound good. What is? The, oh. You're picking it from the picklist, or just typing anything to it?
1: F- from the picklist, yeah, it works fine for me. Huh.
0: You got flights to Atlanta and to and to Honolulu, and JFK. Okay, all
1: right. I believe you. Um, that sounds about right.
0: <laughs> we'll, be, we'll debug later.
1: Yeah. No, this is cool. I mean, I think it's a great little tool because, I mean, I, I like to look for wide bodies on domestic flights, and yeah. this gives you a quick, a quick glance at it.
0: Yeah. And the other thing to note is it is global. So like it's got all the domestic Chinese flights. There's some other random ones out there. Australia's got a few. Um, I also consider basically anything Schengen. I think I included the UK, but I'm not sure um, Mm -hmm. in the list as well. So sort of hops around Europe um, because most of those are also routes where you typically wouldn't get that and where you typically don't need paperwork to cross the borders. So that was sort of my theory behind that.
1: All right. So the URL one more time for folks
0: where the wide bodies are punto com.
1: <laughs> yeah. Check it out. It's a cool little tool. you More hours
0: like Steven. Let me know.
1: I fixed it. It was, it was user error problem exists between keyboard and chair. Ah, uh, so,
0: uh, France
1: wants to bring back night trains and, uh, they want to do it. In a pretty, pretty big way. I would say
0: a lot. Yeah. Um, this is very, very interesting. And so it's, I guess this guy's a transportation minister or something like that. I haven't quite figured it out. Um, cause it's in French and I don't speak it very well. Um, but sort of, he mentions that I think one of the, one of these routes is coming back this winter this summer maybe. And then it's like a map showing like 10 routes that they want, um, to have running overnight trains. And so it's sort of Paris to Marseille and Nice down sort of the East side of the country. They got some going down the West side, all the way to Barcelona, maybe, um, all the way to San Sebastian. If you go further West, um, Trains from Bordeaux to Toulouse across hmm. to Nice, sort of across the South. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's you know, big cities that could arguably justify having this level of service. The question is always, is there demand for night trains? Um, and there's another tweet in his timeline that's not particularly well threaded that suggests overnight trains to other uh, European capital cities as well. Hmm. So it's stretching them across the borders. And I'm a little bummed. I was supposed to have taken a night train from Vienna to Zurich, uh, but two weekends ago when I was in Europe that I didn't go. Um, but that was one of the, I was interested to see how some of the, like, cause OBB, which is the uh, Austrian operator has brought back a few. I was actually going to be riding on the, I want to say Czech. I don't know. It was one that came from further East. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Budapest. Maybe it was uh Hungarian operated um, co-chair uh, trains, believe it or not. But I was, yeah, I was, I think it's an interesting concept. There are times and places where it makes sense, obviously. And if, I mean, China has made good business out of them, but they're also yeah. new rolling stock and comfortable and dedicated sleepers for for the most part. Um, these were sort of the same, but uh, not quite as nice as what I think I saw. I've taken in China based on what I saw in the pictures that I didn't get to ride. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm also torn because like, if it's just one or two trains a night, like, okay, yeah, you could probably get a couple hundred people to do this. Mm-hmm. It's Is it worth investing in... The rolling stock and all the infrastructure to support it, if there's only one or two trains a night, is yeah. sort of where I start to wonder. But
1: I mean, I I like the idea. Um, and we've talked about on the show before, like an overnight train in Europe, like between countries. Great idea because it's kind of like the right distance, you know, uh, if, if you, you wanna, slow like, the trains down. If you slow the trains down. Well,
0: I take that back. Some of the routes you don't have to. Yeah. But right, I mean, like some of these routes that they're showing on this map out of Paris are like four to six hour T G V rides, I think. Yeah. So they would they would need to slow that down a bit, and like that's and they do that in China. The, the trains run at like half speed, yeah, to take ten hours instead of five between Beijing and Shanghai.
1: And and I know in Japan they do some of this as well, right? They have overnight trains where it's kind of like a, do they? a. I think so. I need I need to go look. I know they have overnight ferries. Have you seen these? No. So they have ferries like randomly, not even randomly. It's like scheduled service between cities um, that are like cruise ships, huh. and you you can you can either have like a group berth where it's like yeah 10 people or you can have your own private room
0: so we did that in europe when we went from copenhagen to oslo uh uh-huh. uh and really enjoyed it well let me it was it was pleasant enough and it got the job done i won't say we really enjoyed it um, but that was also it's like it was a little bit of like a party ship and like casino and then like some people actually slept
1: yeah it, this doesn't it doesn't seem that way in japan maybe it is but it seems like it's like a very affordable way to get between Something cities yeah and like On the outskirts, like not necessarily in the center of cities. And I think the train travel is probably better for getting in, you know, between cities centers uh, overnight. Like, I don't know. I would rather sleep on a train and get to the next destination than I would. You know, try and fall asleep in a new hotel. Pay for an extra night at a hotel. yeah. and that's one
0: of the price. So that the extra night and the, those things was one of the reasons I did that in well, how I booked that trip in Austria. Is it was going to save me a couple hundred bucks? Yeah. Um. Also, the train fare alone was cheaper than the airfare. Plus, it included a hotel night. Like, it, it worked out well in my favor. Um. In theory, but yeah, I I get it. I like it to an extent. I I just keep coming back to the investment costs. The investment. And what is it worth? The infrastructure yeah. and like in the U S we'd have to be concerned about cargo also running on those same tracks. Is that an issue in Europe? Yeah. Right. Like if you run these trains slower because you know, to let people sleep, does that get in the way of cargo running on those tracks? That's trying to move faster or something like that. Or could you potentially get stuck behind a cargo train and not wake up where you're meant to be?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: The the Amtrak problem. So anyway, I I think it's cool. Um, I think there's some, some interesting routes here and I would definitely, like I said, I would, I wanted to try it out again. I'm definitely keen to give it a go again at some point, but, um, We'll have to see how it plays out.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then last up, Alaska. I, we talked about this last week, I think. Alaska had kind of hinted that they were going to come up with something for elites who didn't requalify. And they sent out an email uh, to everybody or people who didn't qualify, I guess. And I got one of these because I haven't qualified. Um, and the email basically says your status is good uh, until April 30th, 2022. And you have until that time to fly a certain number of miles. Uh, that they that they've determined uh, and reearn your status. Uh, the kicker is the, a limited uh, extension. Uh, yeah, for like half the year. Okay. Uh, or you know four months of the year. So and you don't get the bonus points. So you know seventy five Ks with Alaska get fifty thousand miles when they hit the seventy five K. They like give you they put fifty thousand miles in your account. You don't get that if you do it this way. Okay. Um, but you but you get the all the other perks. So. It's 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 a nice thing. Um a little more forthright than United. Uh you know, than just secretly.
0: Hey, they sending... sent an email to some people eventually.
1: Eventually, yeah, yeah, they got around to it. Their servers cut up. Um so I don't know. I mean, it's nice for people. I don't I don't know how many people didn't re-qualify. I mean, it would be if we knew that, the show would be a lot less interesting. But uh I think it's a good thing that Alaska's doing to try and retain some frequent flyers and entice them to stick around. I've thought about requalifying. I think Foz uh, maybe requalified for his status. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, we, I think we go through this sort of every time any of these things happens. It's like, is it worth, uh, is it worth extending the status that way in hopes that people stick around? Are you really going to, uh, 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 not annihilate, uh, push someone away. There's a word there. Um, Anyway, push them away. Are, are they going to be see, think that the uh, grass is greener because someone else extended status here? So they're going to try to go qualify there. I don't know. There's a hope. Yeah. Oh, it's an interesting uh, situation there.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, so we'll see. I mean, if you're an Alaska flyer, I'd love to know what you think of this. Uh, I know some people, there was a lot of people mileage running Alaska because of the 100,000 mile status that they're coming out with. And with the bonus and everything, the 1.5, you know, 50% bonus on all your flights. Uh People were flying ridiculous amounts to get 100K. Uh, I did not do that. So, anyway,
0: um, I think yeah, that's it for the show. i half it, Steve. I am. Half it, Steve. i mean, just, I don't know, man.
1: I know. I know. Uh, we do have a couple of very interesting topics for the bonus show for our Patreon subscribers: uh, a, new, a new bathroom view that I would say is the best airport bathroom view ever. Um,
0: definition of best
1: yes and then uh s7 had a near disaster uh recently and we're going to talk about that so if you would like to hear that you can subscribe on patreon uh and we do appreciate our patreon subscribers uh if not that's fine you just don't get the bonus content sorry um but we do appreciate you listening to the show regardless rules
0: uh, are rules
1: yes we stick to the rules uh (laughs) and yeah never said about us at all uh till next time happy travels bye-bye
0: take care